I've seen situations where our rescue partner has gone to the shelter, rescued an animal that's going to be euthanized or that is severely in neglect, driving to the vet, knowing that this animal is going to cause a tremendous amount of strain financially, and they're in the car and we're spinning up the campaign while they're driving to the vet to save this animal's life. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, the founder and CEO of Cuddly, John Hussey, tells us about the only dedicated crowdfunding platform built specifically for animal welfare organizations worldwide. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We save each other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love Dog Words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. The only way we know what topics and guests you like is if you tell us. Then we'll try to deliver more of that. Please download, subscribe, rate, and, most importantly, share Dog Words. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and Shelter Dogs, including some exclusive content. At Rosie Fund, we encourage you to make a difference in a shelter dog's life. You can do just that by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. Use the link in this episode's description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission of helping senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. We are grateful to alternative string duo The Wires for allowing us to share their wonderful music with you on each episode of Dog Words. Like many musicians, they are finding creative ways to reach their audience. Their underground virtual concert series features performances and storytelling from mysterious and historical sites around Kansas City. Purchase a single concert for $15 or buy the series ticket for $60 and receive a digital download of their holiday album. Trust me, that's a tremendous value and you'll be supporting local musicians. Learn more at the link in this episode's description. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to help give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today on Dog Words, we welcome CEO and founder of Cuddly, John Hussey. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Cuddly is a great name for any organization, and it's certainly apt for this one. Before we share with our audience exactly what Cuddly is, if you could tell us, and this might even lead into Cuddly, what is your relationship with dogs? Because I don't think you would have created Cuddly if dogs were neither here nor there for you. Well, it's interesting that you asked that question. And I, in all transparency, I didn't have a relationship with animal welfare when I entered into the business of Cuddly, when it was presented to me, Phil, honestly, I was presented with the idea by a friend, local friend. Uh, We had uh, served on the local pony baseball board together and he had an idea to build a website that promoted adoptable dogs and monetized it by obviously advertising on the traffic. You know, we all know Mm -hmm. if you now that I've been in this space for six years, that a lot of people like to look at adoptable animals and they look at animals, pet content's really important. So there's a lot of traffic around that. And so he presented the idea to me and also in that idea, crowdfunding was uh, what was the secondary idea. And so I gave him some money and I uh, allowed him to basically go prove the concept to me. Go prove to me that people will trust us 
with their donations and that rescues and shelters will trust us to raise money on their behalf. I mean, that's a fiduciary responsibility. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of inherent trust in there. And so here you go. And I was an early investor. And again, I didn't know anything about animal welfare. I did know that I had animals my whole life. I mean, obviously that was been around them. We had horses. We always had a dog in the family. But when we raised our dogs and through my dad, you know, kind of taught me this, we kenneled them, which is not a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. I, it's just how I was used to being around animals. I have since rescued a dog, Benji. He's a terrier. Benji's the greatest dude. I, he's so funny. And he sleeps on our bed now. So the transition for John becoming the early investor to the CEO of Cuddly and the transition from Benji it's been, it's, it's amazing to see. I mean, I have just, I've always say, and I tell people that becoming the CEO of Cuddly has made me a better human being because of what I've learned about animals. I love that you say that. That's a recurring theme on this podcast. We talk about try to be the person that your dog thinks you are. And Dog Words is presented by Rosie Fund. And our slogan is we save each other because it's, you talk about, oh, this dog is so lucky to have been rescued by you. I always feel like the rescuer, the human, gets the better end of that deal, that they do so much for us. That level of awareness and confirming what uh, we suspected, which is dogs make us better people. For sure. I travel a lot for the the roles that I play um, professionally and you know, I'll come home on a Sunday night after a long East trip from the East Coast and kind of long day, if you will, and walk in at 1130 and Benji's just jumping up four feet in the air and just happy to see me. And, you know, he knows he can hear you coming in the mm-hmm. door, right? So they're very aware. And to see that just springing terrier go up in the air and happy to see you, whatever emotions you're wearing, they melt away. Yes. And, they help keep you present. No, no matter what your plans are, even if they involve the dog or what, however your day has gone, when you're with a dog, you're in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I like cats, but I'm I'm definitely a dog person. I Maybe cats do that too. I'm sure they do. But for me, it's dogs. So your friend achieved proof of concept with the money that you provided. And you decided, let's move forward with Cuddly. What was the vision for Cuddly and how did that evolve? So after about two years in, we had raised enough money to where, you know, the business was tracking and showing real signs of progress. The one area that it wasn't really performing was the advertising monetization. It just, you know, you weren't, we weren't big enough. We didn't have enough traffic. It was an arbitrage. Some months we'd make a little money and some months we'd lose money in. Mm -hmm. But what kept tracking forward and significantly was the fundraising piece of it. So after two years, we had since at that point bought him out. He had uh, some personal challenges and just made sense for the business and the principals in the business to move on. And so I stepped in as the day-to-day CEO and uh, we went dark for all of 2016. And what we realized, which is the evolution of Cuddly today, is that our partners, the shelters and rescues, we only raise money for nonprofits. So we're really kind of give you the elevator pitch for Cuddly. We're a crowdfunding platform that was built specifically for animal welfare nonprofits worldwide. So we only raise money for organizations that are 501c3s and we verify them through GuideStar and IRS and, and even veterinary checks if we have to in order to make sure these organizations are legitimate. 
And so what we realized was that fundraising is one of the number one challenges for these organizations. You know, they're understaffed typically, as you may, you're aware. I, I can vouch welfare. for that as a yeah. co-founder and president of a 501c3. And just to interject quickly, when we do fundraising events, almost inevitably when we do the postmortem of did we raise the money we wanted to raise and how did this work? What would we do differently? There's always that discussion. Would it have been smarter just to write a check for the time and effort we put into this and not had the event and just written a check to the foundation out of our own pocket because you work so hard setting things up and getting people registered, even if it's a virtual event which we were doing even before COVID, we did a virtual fund run. The fundraising part of it is what we, everyone on our board, likes least about having a Makes 501c3. Sense. Yet it's and, and you know it's a critical part. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. That is your survival, right? That is yeah. that's what allows you to do what you. The one do. thing we can't cut out. Yes, and so um, when we did focus groups with our shelter and rescue partners. We heard that over and over again. Fundraising is our number one challenge. So I took a start in 2016. We took a step back and we said, okay, how can we take this, get rid of the ad monetization platform? How do we improve the fundraising back end? And how do we build a suite of tools that will help our partners successfully fundraise? And along the way, we also added products. So now not only do we have an opportunity for the donor to give monetarily, but also they can buy a bed or a leash or ointments or other things to help offset the cost of the care of these animals. So the unique melding together, if you will, Phil, of mm -hmm. monetary donations and products really is what makes Cuddly unique today. And we'll go through kind of the value proposition, and I think you'll see or hear that what we do for, for animal rescue organizations, even I look at it and go, wow, this is a really amazing company. When I look at the people that are involved and the mission and the love they have for animals and the love they have for our partners and the work and the amazing community of donors that we're building for our partners – it's a much needed platform that, as you know, and you experienced, I'm, I'm really happy to, and I'm really fortunate to be CEO of Cuddly. Yes, I have uh, multiple friends who are golfers. I'm an avid golfer who keep telling me, you should do a golf tournament. Think of all the money you charge for each foursome in a golf tournament. I have a friend who runs a golf academy. I've helped him multiple times set up a charity golf tournament. I know how much work it is. Your margin on a golf tournament, no matter what you're charging, is more about raising awareness than it is the amount of money you generate, that you would have to have such a huge tournament and have to way overcharge that you eliminate people who otherwise would participate, that I don't see any advantage in doing it as an actual fundraiser as opposed to just raising awareness. So, so anything that simplifies it, that takes away some of those moving parts, that doesn't require someone who's not a professional fundraiser to figure out how do I raise funds? Take that out of my hands, please. Sure. Well, I, I say that all the time, and it's, it's kind of become my standard tagline, is our partners, amazing as they are, they don't wake up every morning and say, how can I be a better fundraiser? They wake up every morning and say, how can I save more animals? Mm -hmm. So that's the intersection of where Cuddly comes in. And when we provide to them, so what, what really is neat about it is when you sign up on Cuddly, you immediately get assigned a fundraising consultant. That person's a paid staff member by um, on our team. We have 11 of them on our team. 
and we put them through training and best practices and they learn from each other how to write better campaigns, how to optimize what works better, video, photos, how to strategically curate these campaigns in order to achieve the best fundraising results. So that's free to you as a partner. So if you sign up and you become a partner organization, immediately the entire experience is free to you. And what's interesting about, and you've been around these organizations, was we will go through the, the pitch and the value propositions of Cuddly. And the first thing that a lot of people say is, where's the scam? Mm-hmm. There is no scam. Yeah, we've all been <laughs> approached by the scams. Yes. We, we've all gone through a couple of phone calls or email exchanges before you realize the person I'm talking to is going to make way more money than I am. And I'm not sure I'm even going to make anything. And they're going to make that money off me, not even my donors. This isn't even going to get to right. donors. Right. And that's natural because if you think about it, people in animal welfare have experienced really the dark side of humanity and the treatment of animals. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Cuddly, and there's a real incongruity between the brand Cuddly and the animals that we serve, because most of the animals that we serve on our site are abused and neglected. So one of the difficult challenges that we have as a team and I have as the CEO is how do we make the experience on our platform cuddly when mm-hmm. we're presenting abused and neglected animals? And we really are working hard. We have to get better at it and continue to work to get better at it of telling the story of the animal from A to Z, if you will, right? This animal was, was a case that was taken in by our partner. It was deeply abused or neglected. But through the partnership with Cuddly and the experience together, we've ultimately, this animal is now healed and it's in a forever home or it has a wheelchair or it's recovered from this neglect or what have you. And we want to tell that story. And what's interesting in this journey that we're building, this story that we're building, along the way, donors come in and they become interested in the story and they ultimately inquire about adopting. Mm -hmm. So it's really full cycle and it's really neat to see that. But um, yes, you have a world where partners are necessarily don't trust humanity, you know, and, uh, and so we, we've earned that goodwill over time, I believe, and we have, you know, 2,100 partners on our site. And so now we have some brand ambassadors, if you will, that will say, yes, when we got on Cuddly, and we have data and proof that shows when organizations come on Cuddly, we're able to improve their fundraising, you know, by X percentage. And so we know it works. Rosie Fund primarily sponsors the adoption of senior and harder to adopt dogs, as well as some other distribution of funds to cover medical costs. Year over year, we help 30 to 50 dogs get adopted. That's how many adoption fees we sponsor. So we're not very big. And we primarily work with KC Pet Project to identify dogs that are in their system that need to be adopted. What size 501c3s do you typically have on the site? Is it as small as us or even smaller? Because we've talked to rescue groups that a dozen dogs a year is what they cover. And then you have Casey Pet Project where it's a thousand animals, dogs and cats a year, even more. I think our alignment comes mostly in the small and medium-sized organizations. When you think about the larger ones, and I don't know if KC Pet Project has their own fundraising team or not, but they some do. of the they larger have paid ones. Staff. We have no paid staff at Rosie yes. Fund. We're, a, we're an arrow in your quiver, if you will, right? So we're not going to be your sole fundraising 
partner, but we will, if you want to use crowdfunding as part of your fundraising portfolio, which I encourage you to do, then Cuddly makes sense because our fundraising consultant becomes a part of your family, part of your staff. And we help you do that. We do. I mean, I've seen situations where our rescue partner has gone to the shelter, rescued an animal that's going to be euthanized or that is severely in neglect, driving to the vet, knowing that this animal is going to cause a tremendous amount of strain financially. And they're in the car and we're spinning up the campaign while they're driving to the vet to save this animal's life. Wonderful. And that's the role that we play, right? That's what Mm -hmm. we do. And so that's why our alignment to small and medium-sized organizations fit because our business provides those resources. And we can talk about front-end donor marketing. And I think we need to talk about donor fatigue. And you talk about golf tournaments and you talk about really hitting the same donors over and over and over again and how Cuddly helps you solve against that. I think we need to visit that. But it just is it's a necessity fundraising and we're an extension of your team. Yeah. The, the donor fatigue is something I feel for the, the charities that I donate to that my wife and I budget for several charities, many of which have nothing to do with animals. We send them their regular donation each year, but we still get the mailers and emails from them every couple of weeks. Like, could you see your way? Could you, we, this is an opportunity. It's like, yeah, we send you a check every year and we've sent that check and we have this money earmarked for other things for now. And how much money are you spending on the mailer that I'm going to ignore five or six times a year? So how yeah, do you, man. how do you overcome that? Because I know they need the money and they don't know who is going to donate. They just have to cast their net. And if enough people donate to make it worth doing the mailing, they're going to keep doing the mailing. Well, I mean, at least to their credit that they are using some fundraising tactics, right, to make their organization sustainable. They have to. So I agree with you. Yeah. And I mean, but if you think about some of the other partners that are out there that they don't even have the resources or the staff to do that, you know, so mm-hmm. it's all over the board. I mean, we'll have partners come on and we'll say, okay, do you have an email list that you market to? And they'll say, no, I do not. Now, most are sophisticated or becoming sophisticated, but some still don't. And then we'll walk them through the process of unlocking their PayPal account, downloading the CSV file, and importing it into our email marketing engine. So at least now you can start email marketing Mm -hmm. to your donor base. I mean, it's been as bare bones as that, if you will, to some more sophisticated, you know, we have organizations that are all over the, that do events. I mean, COVID obviously put a stop to a lot of that. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that we've seen in this pandemic is that virtual fundraising is the only way really for them to fundraise. And so it really was well suited for Cuddly because we're completely online and we have the tools available to. So we've seen organizations come and sign up that necessarily might've done some of the old things that they did, but they've got to find new and improved ways to fundraise. I wish Rosie Fund had the budget to be thinking about doing mailers so we could make the decision. No, we're not going to do the mailer. We'll use this money for, for other marketing. We're, we're not even in a position to do the mailers. We do have email addresses and we use social media, primarily Facebook and and Instagram. There's always the pop-up on our uh, Rosie Fun Facebook page asking, do you want to boost a post? And we're not sure how much return we get on that. It really doesn't seem like much. Yet we know these are people who are following us. 
is something like social media, like a Facebook post, Instagram, is that something that just kind of gets lost in all the noise? Whereas an email, this is a subject line in my inbox from Rosie Fund. It's not as personal as me knocking on your door, but certainly more personal than a Facebook post. One of the things that we do is we consider ourselves our partner's marketing engine. So we spend a significant amount of money on Facebook every month. And that's grown incrementally as the business has grown. And we have an agency of record. And we also have a vice president of digital marketing. And their role is to manage those campaigns and figure out ways to acquire new donors or present the campaign to existing donors or donors that are interested in animal welfare. And there's a whole science behind understanding the algorithms of Facebook and how to drive return on your ad spend. So if you went out and just boosted a post, you kind of generically are just kind of trying to figure it out on your own haphazardly, right? And you don't know if you're going to get a return on your investment. We don't know which ones to boost and what message to make a part of that post that that boost is going to get traction. That's just and not that's what we do. That's not our daily job, even right. though we're committed to the 501c3. We're doing something else to pay the bills other than run a 501c3. And that's usually the profile of what, what our partner mm-hmm. is, right? So it's either one or two people or a group of people that come together. They're either had an experience in a previous organization or they see a need in their community, you know, and their love of animals. And they, you know, next thing you know, they have a rescue. And the next thing you know, they realize they got a fundraise. The next thing you know, they have animals that are putting a financial strain on the budgets of the organization. And so um, that's the role that we step into. We actively market on TV. We actively market on Facebook. We will continue to find other ways to actively market. We're testing new channels. We're testing new partnerships. That's our job. That's what we see our role, Phil, in the ecosystem is to continue to figure out in a cost-effective manner how to pr- help these organizations achieve their fundraising goals, their, what they, their objectives. Because you work with so many organizations, you have a lot more data points than we do at Rosie Fund. Our only data points are the posts that we boost compared to the posts we don't boost. The one campaign we did last quarter compared to the one campaign we do this quarter. You have everybody's campaigns and you can see here's what's working, here's what's working better, here's how the algorithm appears to be changing with Facebook. Not only do we not have all that information, we wouldn't know what to do with it if we did. Well, right. And keep in mind that Cuddly's free to our partner organizations. So not only do they get this expertise and this marketing engine at no cost, but what's even, I think, the most compelling for me, actually, is that when you come in, so, you know, Rosie Fund, let's say we do a campaign together and we promote it across our channels, social and other channels and Facebook and such like that. Every donor that comes in that donates to your campaign now stays in your micro community. So now you are actually growing your donor base and you have an opportunity to remarket to that new donor down the line for your next campaign. And that's at no cost to you. So if we're successful, and I've seen this over and over again, we can help you grow your donor community. And then it helps you achieve more success for the next campaign. One of the things I like to tell the team is high tide lifts all boats, mm-hmm. right? So the more that we do on the front end, the better we do on the front end, the more it helps our partners and helps our animals that they care for. So it is a two-sided marketplace. We do need good partners. 
We do need the supply side, which is the cases and campaigns in order to be successful. But on our side, we need to do, it's our job at Cuddly to drive demand. We need to acquire new donors for you in order to make it compelling and worth your while. And it seems to be working. There are people out there and you know them, they're your friends probably that love to support animals. Mm -hmm. They want to give. And what Cuddly does is it allows for them to give in a manner that they know that this money's going to the animal. It's not getting caught up in a bureaucratic pass-through where only so many cents on the dollar are going to the animal. The money on Cuddly, every dollar donated, 97 cents goes to the organization, directly to the organization. And you mentioned you looked at uh, GuideStar to confirm as one of the ways that you confirm that it's a legit 501c3. On GuideStar, you can look at the efficiency of a not-for-profit. So anyone can use GuideStar, not just Cuddly, to check out a not-for-profit. If there is a 501c3 that has 97% of its donations going towards its mission and not administrative costs, that is phenomenal. Most of them, and pretty much all of the not-for-profits that people have heard of, and I'm not going to start listing them, it's much lower than that. That, well, that and, when, and like right. hurricane relief and there's an earthquake, and it's like, oh, I'm going to donate to these buttons that are popping up. Those are legit organizations. There's money that's going to go to help the victims of the earthquake or hurricane, but not 97% of the donations. So this is and, and, wonderful. Right, rightfully so, though. But one of the reasons that I say that is because we're a for-profit company, so mm-hmm. I want to make no, no, you know, there's we're a for-profit business. And in order for us to provide all these resources and to continue to invest in marketing and continue to invest in platform infrastructure, we have to be a for-profit business. Yes. Because what we figured out was by passing through the cash donations at 97 cents to them, then it's up to them to utilize them in a manner. Mostly it's they use it to pay the vet bills and the mm-hmm. cost of the animal that we're raising money for, truthfully, because it puts a financial strain. You might be in an organization where you adopt a thousand animals a year, mm-hmm. and the cost of, of caring for those animals is not as much as the five special needs animals that you intake. You know, that are and then and that's where Cuddly steps in as we help them do that. But what's really our donors have really are figured out is because it's free for our partners, we are able to pass that 97 cents through. Our donors are leaving a tip behind. So they might give a dollar donation, but they're leaving a few cents or a few dollars behind in that donation. And that's how we're able to fund the business. Yeah, I pay more on that on merchant fees for my company when someone pays by credit card that paying more than 3% right. uh, if right. you're using American Express or anything else that has right. a high merchant fee. So yeah, I'd, I'd be thrilled with getting 97% passed through to, to me when someone makes a purchase or a donation. Just a couple more questions if you have time, John. Having started a few different businesses and a not-for-profit, I know that it's important to get a name that you like, that you can trademark, that is available for web hosting so you can get the domain was Cuddly your first choice because it seemed so perfect, or was that just serendipity that you ended up there? No, that was a story of tremendous consternation, Phil. And uh, we actually started the business as Pound Wishes. And if you remember back the beginning, my co-founder, his daughter, was involved with Make-A-Wish Foundation. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the word Pound Wishes, unbeknownst to me, neophyte in animal welfare, the term pound does not have a favorable 
it's just not favorable in what we do today. There could be a negative connotation to that. Truly. And if that's who we're serving and that's our customer, Mm -hmm. if you will, that's our partner, we were working against ourselves. Yeah. Um, You don't want your dog to go to a pound. You want it to go to a shelter if you have to give up your dog. 100%. So we uh, were fortunate enough to have a gentleman join our board who was the CTO for Ring.com, the doorbell company. Mm -hmm. And they were something else. They were doorbot, B-O-T, before they became Mm Ring.com. The story goes that Jamie Simonoff, the the founder, pitched on Shark Tank as Dorbot. He got rejected, and they struggled a little bit in trying to find their way. And and Josh Roth, the gentleman who told me the story at lunch, said, you know, one of the biggest moves that we made that changed the trajectory of the business was when we bought Ring.com. And I was telling the story about how we're struggling with pound wishes. And, uh, you know, so I settled on Cuddly. There was a fee to pay for Cuddly. It was a reasonable amount of money. I mean, it wasn't something that you just do every day to go buy a .com. Because yeah, I, I would not guess that it was readily available, one of those that you can four ninety nine dollars a month and it's yours. It was not readily available. And I we played around with K-U-D-L-I. Mm-hmm. We played around with all the misspellings. And finally, my Because you can outthink yourself trying to be creative. It's like, oh, we'll spell it with an I at the end instead of a Y. And you think you've solved the problem when you've actually created a branding issue. You totally, exactly. And that was the conversation internally. And my daughter, Emily, was in my office while we were having a a pop-up team meeting on this conversation. And she finally just said, Dad, just go out and buy the name. And almost like, you know, just man up and Mm -hmm. just get it done. And, (laughs) And I will give her credit because it was one of the best business decisions that we made was to do it. Yeah, you could uh, put in all the work hours to figure out what's a different way to do it and then think, the time and money we spent trying to work around this, kind of like fundraising, it's like we should have just done it the easy way. It would have been worth the money up front. Yes, so we did it. And I I appreciate you recognizing it. Oh, absolutely. uh, Yeah, it's it's, in the brand equity that we've gotten, Phil, has been very much worth it. Well, that makes it easy for our listeners to find. You just need to go to cuddly.com. And it's even easier than that because you can click on the link in the description for this episode. Cuddly.com is right there. Of course, you will have no problem remembering it. Those who should go to cuddly.com are, I guess, anyone who cares about helping animals in need because you can find opportunities to donate, but also certainly any not-for-profit that works with animals in need, go to cuddly.com and get your own campaign. What, what's their title again, John? The Fundraising Consultant. Fundraising Consultant to help you set up your campaigns. And again, it costs you nothing as a not-for-profit. That's that's amazing to me. And every especially small not-for-profit out there who's struggling with fundraising, I think it'd probably be worth your time to have a conversation with Cuddly and spend a lot less time raising money and more time figuring out how can we help the animals that we created this organization to help. 100%. The conversation's free and even continuing the relationship is free. So thank you for your time, Phil. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing this with our listeners and for all the work that went into building Cuddly and thank your staff and your board for for what they're doing. And again, thank you for your time, John. Absolutely, sir. Thank you. I'm Phil Hatterman and you've been listening to Dog Words presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to John Hussey from Cuddly. To learn more or find a worthy cause for your donation, go to cuddly.com, C-U-D-D-L-Y.com, 
or use the link in the episode description. Next time on Dog Words, Susan Hinkle shares the story of Missouri Patriot Paws and their mission to provide Missouri military veterans and first responders suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder or traumatic brain injury with a trained service dog, many of whom are rescued from local animal shelters. Thank you to Alternative String Duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Use the link in the episode description to see their underground virtual concert series schedule. Purchase a single concert or buy the series ticket and receive a digital download of their holiday album. Make a difference in a shelter dog's life by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. The link is in the episode description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission to help senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. Rate and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships. Then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions, including letting us know what topics and guests you like, at rosiefund.org. And let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the Dog Words Podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other.